It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to another episode from the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas and as it always is, it, it continues to amaze me how many of you tune in week after week and I'm so pleased to be helping you to grow your businesses. In today's episode, we're not going to talk about traffic. We almost always talk about traffic. Well, we're not going to be talking about traffic. We're going to be exploring some of the lessons from our guest's decade of creating seven-figure e-commerce businesses. He's going to be telling us what the central thread that worked in all his businesses to create great growth, fast growth has been. Um, and that's mainly focused around the world of story. So we're going to be learning about stories. If you struggle to work out what should be in your welcome campaign, if you struggle to work out what should be on your About Us page, if you struggle to unveil the humanity of your business to get that emotional connection with your customers, then you really need to listen to this episode. And make sure you listen right to the very end to find out about his latest venture, um, which is really fascinating um, and could be a great opportunity to help you on your e-commerce journey. Before we get into all that, though, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the most recommended growth marketing platform on the market. Klaviyo helps more than 28,000 e-commerce brands globally to grow their businesses through high-value customer relationships. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalised marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. And the results speak for themselves. Klaviyo customers have made more than £2.8 billion in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you wasting time updating product quantities each time you sell something? What about sending new customer orders for fulfilment? Imagine taking all that time and putting it to better use. That's what Ecom Dash promises to help you do. This e-commerce software will be your 24-7 salesperson, updating 20-plus platforms like Amazon and eBay with accurate product details and sending customer orders to your fulfilment choice without you lifting a finger. Get time back to focus on growing your business. Try it free at ecom-.com forward slash masterplan and use promo code masterplan to get 50% off your first two months. That's E-C-O-M-D-A-S-H dot com forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. JJ Resnick is the founder of multiple seven-figure brands, including the Moscow Copper Company, the creators of the famous Moscow Mule Cocktail. JJ's joining us to talk about some of the brands he's built and how story has been central to success in each case. Hello, JJ. Hi, Chloe. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you on. And um, story is something which I know a lot of people struggle with. So I'm really looking forward to finding out how you've utilized it and some some things which maybe might help our listeners to uh, to do it a bit better in the future. But before we get into all of that, how did you yourself get started in e-commerce all those years ago? You know, it was actually a bit of a fluke that got me into e-commerce. But uh it, it was right around 2010. I actually was 
planning on being a professional golfer, um, making a living that way. But knee injury happened and a couple other things. Primarily, the the injury put me out of business there. Mm. And I realized that I needed to go find a job or work for a living. But I've been an entrepreneur. You know, my mindset has just been entrepreneurial focused since I was really second or third grade selling sunglasses to my fellow students um, and hiding my all my money in my pillowcase under the bed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I realized that I had to do something. And it was one evening I was at a party and it just a, my best friend from high school had just come back from Afghanistan his Humvee was hit by an IED and he was injured pretty badly. So he had, he had a service dog at this point and we're sitting in the corner at this party, just talking for hours, catching up. And I'm learning all about service dogs and he's, he's sharing the, the struggles that he's been having with Mm -hmm. his service dog. And, And that blew me away because here's somebody who gave his life you know, fought for our country and comes back injured. And he's now having a more difficult time getting through just daily life activities than he was having before. And uh, And I'm I'm guessing that the problems with the service dog weren't the dog as the problem. They might have been something else as the problem, maybe other people. Other people, exactly. But it's still involved the dog because let's say he'd go into a Starbucks. Uh, Mm -hmm. He would be kicked out. He told me 50, 60% of the time. Yeah, it was, it was really, uh, it came down to the employees, employees Mm -hmm. not being properly trained on what a service animal was. And people just had the belief that uh, a service dog was to help the blind. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, seeing eye dog. So if it wasn't a blind person, they figured it wasn't a service dog. And it's so far from the truth, which I have learned and become an expert on over the years. Mm-hmm. But long story short, I decided I was going to help him with that and create all sorts of service dog products for him and other veterans and disabled Americans uh, so service dog leashes, harnesses, um, identification cards, none of these things were required by law, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a catch 22 because yeah, you don't need it by law, but if the employees at Starbucks, yeah. you know, the worst was when he tried to go home and American airlines kicked him off the flight, <sighs> wouldn't let him on. He was trying to visit his family and that was the final straw for me. I said, I need to do something here to help you out. And so we launched Service Dog Registration of America, created, um, we were the pioneer in that space. And that, that's what got me into e-commerce to begin with. It was, that business lasted a few years. I ended up selling it when um, my passion just it wasn't there any longer because I started seeing people like Paris Hilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger's kids coming through and purchasing products from us. 
when they really didn't, <laughs> they didn't have, have a nervous dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, there's the the double-edged sword because you're you're trying to help and provide people that genuinely need the service and these products, but anybody can take advantage of them. Mm. Um, so at that point, I knew that uh, the business was incredible. I mean, I started this just as a side project hobby to help him, and it ended up doing over $10,000 in its first month. Wow. When I, when I had nothing, I had no experience in e-commerce whatsoever. And within the first 12 months, we were already over six figures a month. Um, by the time I sold the business, we were close to 300000 a month in sales. So wow. it, it just it just so happened. It, funny little side note or story on mm -hmm. what brought me into my next business. Um, sorry if I'm jumping ahead. No, 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 you. far away. This is fascinating. But um, I was over overseas. I was actually at the Canton Fair in China. And I had brought my father along with me. He had always wanted to go see Hong Kong and go throughout Asia. So I took him on a trip. And we're walking back to the hotel after a really long day at the fair, looking at every dog product you could imagine. And we cut through this this uh, kitchen expo to get back to the Westin Hotel. Well, the kitchen expo, just about every booth in this place had copper mugs. And I say copper mugs, they were really tin, some of them plastic with a copper spray paint on top, I should but um, <laughs> You know, I, I look at my dad and I said, this is incredible that none of these mugs look anything like Grandma Sophie's. And for those of you who don't know me, um, uh, I should step back for a sec. My, my great grandmother invented the cocktail called the Moscow Mule in 1941, and she was the one who brought the copper mug to the party. And her two friends, one of them had just uh, just purchased Smirnoff vodka, and the other had the Cock and Bull Pub in Hollywood, California, and he was making, brewing his own ginger beer. So the three of them, out of marketing necessity, needing to sell their, their wares, um, created this cocktail, and the Moscow Mule was born. But going back to being me being in China with my dad, I'm seeing all these mugs, but they look nothing like the mug my great grandmother created. Mm -hmm. So I, I go and pick them up. I'm feeling them. They weigh about 10% of what are. So yeah. I, I had inherited this mug, which was the very first mug ever used to create a Moscow mule. And it had just been a fun story that was, you know, in our family history for years. But at the time, nobody was, the Moscow Mule wasn't popular. It had gone away in, in the Cold War and just disappeared for decades. And so it was just starting to come back around the Mad Men era 
2009, 2010. And so I decide this is a perfect segue, perfect fit for me to get out of the dog business and into my family business. So I relaunch the Moscow Copper Company and takes me about a year to go and source the very best copper in the world, which came from India. Uh, I was, it was either Mexico, India, or Turkey. And mm -hmm. Mexico was too dangerous at the time to go down. Turkey, so it came to Turkey and India, and the factory in India just did a much better job producing the mugs. So, you know, it was definitely some trial and error there for about a year because I had no experience at this time. Uh, I was, I had some e-commerce experience, of course, with mm. my, my dog business, but nothing when it came to copper mugs. So yeah, it's a whole other ball game, isn't it? <laughs> it's like it, got to find sure the raw was. materials, find the manufacturer. Yeah, right. A but, whole but, other world. But I knew, I knew at the time how important story was, because I had the story built into the previous business. You know, with my best friend coming back from Afghanistan and trying to help him, and then that leading into helping very, tons of disabled Americans and vets, um, you know, and getting letters from these veterans where they were brought to tears because they were finally able to get on an airplane and not be hassled to go visit family or just to get through their daily lives. And that it felt incredible being able to help so many people. Um, but like I said, when it got to that point where too many people were taking advantage of the service, that's when it was time for me to to get out. And what what I find quite interesting is the the story with um, with the service dogs business is almost the more the more normal type of story we hear about. You know, it's it's a, we're going to use a story to illustrate the pain point, so people feel like they're connected to it, and then they're going to buy. Whereas the story with the, the, you know, the Moscow mule is a completely different scenario where there's not a pain point. You know, no one's out there, you know, with feeling pain in their lives because they can't get the right mug for their Moscow mule. But, but by using a story in a very different way, you created another really strong business from story. So, you know, do you think this, the story was really the, the solid thing at the heart of each of those businesses, which without which you wouldn't have grown them to the size they reached? Exactly. Because with the Moscow Copper Company, you know, it's a commodity, right? It's a, a copper mugs, a copper mugs, a copper mug. Mm -hmm. But with our story built in, it's not just a copper mug anymore. Now, you're, you're talking about the original. The, you're bringing authenticity into the story. So instead of just drinking your Moscow Mule out of any old plastic tin mug, you're now able to drink from the original vessel that this cocktail was created in uh, nearly 100 years ago. So that's so powerful, the emotions that are brought into that story with my great grandmother creating it. And now, it, you know, do you want to just drink from this plastic piece of garbage or do you want to drink from the 
proper copper vessel that the drink was intended to be consumed in. Now, now you get into the science of why copper is so important because of the chemical reaction that takes mm -hmm. place when the lime and the ginger beer and the vodka all come together to create that extra carbonation and the, the flavor of everything coming together in that copper mug. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And it's that it, the only way you're really going to get that across to someone is as part of the story, isn't it? And and it, it strikes me that, that you've you've had two businesses where, or these two businesses, where this story is an intrinsic part of the business. But And then the emotional side is so important too, because we hear a lot these days about you must use emotion in your selling, you must use emotion in your selling. And I think a lot of e-commerce people come to e-commerce loving the ones and the zeros. They like the reliability of Facebook ads or Google ads and how you can optimize based on performance. And therefore for them, bringing that emotion in, bringing that story in is quite challenging. So have you got some advice, JJ, for those who, you know, as you've, you've looked at story a lot and how it relates to e-commerce success. For those who are struggling a mm -hmm. bit, have you got some <clears throat> advice for them on how they might want to mm -hmm. put story into their business? Oh, I sure do. So Chloe, I've learned a lot in all my years of building successful brands, but the single most important thing I've learned is that building relationships is what grows revenue. And storytelling is the most powerful technique there is for building relationships. So there's science behind the power of storytelling too. Our brains process not only stories, but the human emotions behind them, as you were just mentioning. And they lead to better understanding, trust, comprehension, uh, receptivity, and more. So think about it for a second. We teach important ideas to our children through fables and fairy tales, right? Mm -hmm. We learn about important religious and historical figures through dialogue and story. We connect, engage, we're moved to tears, to laughter, to anger, to sympathy, to action. But understanding, other th understanding others' thoughts and feelings, we're able to empathize now, and this creates real emotional connections, connections that can turn into trust and eventually into revenue. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's absolutely crucial to learn how to build a brand story and one that's unique to you and your company. So it really doesn't matter where in the world you're based or how much funding your startup has. Good stories can give small ventures a big voice. And this is precisely how I've been able to take every brand that I've launched to seven figures and beyond within the first 12 months. And that being said, one of the most critical aspects to brand storytelling and something that so many entrepreneurs get wrong is understanding that your story is not actually about your company. It, your story needs to be centered around your customer and the value that they receive when engaging with your product or service. So, you know, as long as you always remember that, remember that your customer is the hero in your story. Um, you know, you're just really the guide. If you can remember that, you'll always have a leg up on your competition. And think about the storyline in a movie. 
it's broken down into three parts, right? A problem, a solution to that problem, and success. Well, your product or your brand is the solution or the guide that takes your customer from problem to achieving success. And this is why it's mission critical that a new brand takes the time up front to fully develop their approaches to storytelling. And because I've seen so many people struggle with this, as so many friends have come to me with, you know, wanting to start a brand, but they have no idea about story or how to bring story into that. So I've decided to make it my mission to help other entrepreneurs and to help them tell their stories through their brand. Um, Am, am I am I going on too long? Or? No, no, no. This is great. This is great, and it's it's kind of one of those ones where you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. Problem to success, focus it on the customer, and not on me. But it's still quite hard to do, isn't it? I think, I think it's one of those story is one of those things which it's a lot easier to do on someone else than it is to do it on yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it does. I mean, so when you're beginning beginning your brand story, uh, I'll give you a couple tips. I mean, you you always want to start with the why behind what you do. For example, uh, let's take Tom's, the shoe company. So their why was to improve lives, right? How about, an, how about Burt's Bees? Are you familiar with them? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like lip solving things. Yeah. Well, now they've got close to 400 products. Oh, wow. Um, but their why was simply to create earth-friendly, all-natural products. So, you know, I even have my 18-month-old son has Burt's Bees clothing. You know, <laughs> they, they went from a lip balm into baby clothing. So wow. It's pretty incredible. But understanding that why can be difficult, like you said. And mm. especially if you started your business purely to capture an opportunity to make money. So, you know, here are some questions for your audience to, to help figure out their why. And the first is, why do we exist? Right? Second is, how do we contribute to the world? Third, what is our mission? And finally, what motivated me to start my business? If you can answer those questions and think about the, the story around why your brand exists in the first place, just take a step back and look for the purpose of your brand beyond the products that you create. That's so critical. And rather than discussing theory, let's take another real life example. Um, here's one that came up just the other day for me. A friend of mine, he's working on creating a brand that sells all natural pain reliever. So mm -hmm. it, it's a product to compete with brands like Advil. And he came to me for advice because he was having a difficult time coming up with, with his brand story. But some ideas came to me immediately. And what's ironic about his story is that my friend was actually the one who told me the story, but he didn't even realize it <laughs> as he was telling it to me. So I, I asked him, what's the reason you created the product? And he said, well, it all came from the mornings that I would wake up hungover. And he hated taking Advil because he's always hearing about how bad it is on your stomach and your internal organs. Mm. 
And he's always been one of those natural type products kind of guys. But, you know, he could never find a product that would relieve his headache the way that an Advil would. He he didn't realize it at the time, but he's giving me his brand story right then and there. Right. It doesn't get much better than that. So it's, it's clear as day, isn't it? When someone points it out, he's like, oh, my God, that's so obvious. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Just keep in mind, you know, your story doesn't have to be groundbreaking. Uh, You know, oftentimes the most compelling brand stories are simply the ones where somebody couldn't find what they were looking for. So they decided to go out and make it themselves, just like my friend did. You know, that's a brand story right there. So, JJ, when you explain it with that example, it seems just so clear and obvious how we should how we should go about doing this. So have you got, you, you know, you've done this a lot. So have you got kind of some some top tips, I guess, for the guests on, for the listeners even, not the guests, we're, you're the guest, uh, for the listeners on how to go about identifying that story in their business? I have. And, you know, I've, cre- I've actually created a checklist and I use this checklist whenever I'm creating a new brand. And I give it to all my partners who are working on developing story in their brands. So I'll walk you through it right now and your listeners. Number one, your story should be simple and it should be conceptually straightforward. Okay, number two, your story should involve a problem, a solution and success, as I've mentioned before. Uh, Number three, your story must connect with your customer. Number four, your customers should buy a piece of the story and not just a product from you. This is really important. So, for for example, Patagonia, they use the term worn wear to describe their clothing products that have endured for years, right? The products themselves, the items that the customers buy are part of the brand story. They call this the stories we wear. and it's become such a big deal for Patagonia's branding that they've even made a movie about it. Um, but most importantly, once you have your brand story, you need to begin sharing that story. And you can do that by telling everybody you talk to. You can share it on social media, of course, through your brand's website. But the truth is, a great story will be shared naturally by all of your customers, right? Customers love to buy into a great brand story. And the reason they often buy is because it now gives them the permission to tell your story. That's one of my favorite uh, lines just to to keep in my mind. So just think you want to give your customer the permission to tell your story. I, I can't tell you how many of our customers at Moscow Copper have called in or wrote on social media saying, you know, I I just absolutely love your product. I'm so glad I found it. I was able to share it and buy it for all my family members and friends because now think, okay, let's use Tom's again for an example. When, When everybody was talking about how great this new shoe company was, they weren't, you didn't hear anybody talking about the quality of their shoes or the actual product they were selling. No, what you heard people talking about was how great this company Tom's was because they would donate a pair of shoes 
to somebody in need for every pair that they sold, right? People wanted to share that story because of how it made them feel. And now they wanted to wear Tom's because it sent a message about who they were as a person, who they are as a person. Uh, you know, if you're wearing Tom's shoes, you're somebody who cares about making the world a better place, right? And helping those in need. And that's a powerful message that you can send, um, you know, because people buy things we know for two reasons, to get closer to pleasure or to get away from pain. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. How are the leading D2C brands growing their business? They're using Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 28,000 global innovative online brands. Klaviyo believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees, or feature-based pricing. With a platform that is both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Klaviyo. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Klaviyo see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you interested in selling products on more platforms like Amazon, Google Shopping and eBay? Then you should check out Ecom Dash, multi-channel inventory and order management software. They help online sellers like you sell products in more places with less hassle. With more than 20 integrations, Ecom Dash will automatically update inventory levels, shipping info and more everywhere you sell. Retailers call them their 24-7 salesperson. See what the fuss is all about. Try it free at ecom-.com forward slash masterplan and use promo code masterplan to get 50% off your first two months. That's E-C-O-M-D-A-S-H dot com forward slash masterplan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So JJ, the first is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Ah, oh, it's such a tough question. I'm a reader. Um, although these days I'm more into Audible because it's, it allows me to listen to a lot more books, but if I had to choose just one to give the audience, um, I'd have to go with Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. And are you familiar with Persuasion? I, I yeah, I love his work. Cialdini yeah. is just so clever. Yeah, I mean Persuasion. It kind of t ties into what we've been talking about today. Mm -hmm with emotions and why people buy. Um, but you know, the book really shares, it's the ability that marketers have to influence your mood for their own benefit. And that's what's known as persuasion. So I, re I highly recommend the book. It'll teach you how to sell a product or, or an idea successfully, why you should question the importance of sensationalist news and you know, how your choice of words influence the behavior of those around you. So that's my book of choice for today. 
Excellent. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? You know, I've driven traffic over the years through just about every medium that exists, but I can tell you without a doubt, the most profitable traffic for me has come from a food and wine magazine article that was titled Top Five Things You Didn't Know About the Moscow Mule. This one article has generated over half a million dollars in product sales over the past five years and continues to do so every day for me. The best part about this traffic is that I didn't pay a dime for it. So here's my recommendation on that. I say, whatever your niche is, find the leading publication for that niche and do whatever it takes to get them to write an editorial piece on your brand. So, you know, even if you have to pay for it, do it because that article will live on forever and it's worth every penny. But the key is make sure that it reads like a true editorial and not like an ad or an advertorial. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's 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 a million traffic tips or different traffic platforms you can go for. But that's my suggestion. My recommendation is get a great editorial piece on your brand out there and it'll live on forever and and generate you a lot of revenue. Excellent. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? You know, I'm going to switch this up a bit on you. And I mentioned I love reading, but I never have enough time to read all the books that I hear about. Um, Mm -hmm. And I recently came across this app called Blinkist. Have you heard of Blinkist? Yes. uh, We had someone recommend it a couple of months ago on the show. Yeah. Hugely, hugely cool show. Oh, no, no, please, though, because I know (laughs) some of the listeners will have missed it. And it's it's an awesome app. Yeah. You know, I love it because it allows me to get all the the key main points of a book in a 15-minute audible version so I can listen to it on the go in the car. You know, then if I'm still interested in learning more after that 15 minute version, then I'll buy the book. Um, but that to me, that's my favorite new app. Um, nice. I highly I like recommend it. it. A t- time saving and education all in one. Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? My number one piece of advice would be to eliminate distraction. Um, Eliminate distraction of all the shiny objects out there that are promising overnight results. And I know it's so easy to get distracted by all that stuff, um, but you've got to eliminate it and just pick your favorite platform whether that's YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever it is, and focus on creating quality content and creating a lot of it. Uh, You're not going to see overnight results, but I can promise you that you'll be rewarded before you know it and your compounding efforts are going to pay off in the long run. So create, create, create. I can't emphasize that enough. and and simplify it. 
just down to one, just one platform and you'll be successful. Brilliant. JJ, you've given us so much cool advice today. It's been, it's been really awesome working through it all with you. And I know the listeners are just going to love it, but you are currently up to something rather exciting this year with your new venture. And I think it's going to be of interest to quite a lot of our listeners. So could you please tell us a little bit about what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, I'm so excited about my newest venture because uh, here's the thing. I recently sold a majority stake in Moscow Copper so that I could go and help other entrepreneurs create their product and tell their story. Um, I had so many friends and family members and just people reaching out to me wanting tips and advice on how to start a business. And I realized I want to build an empire myself with dozens of e-commerce brands, but I can only do this if I'm able to essentially clone myself. I can't be out there running all these companies. So that leads us into my newest venture, buildmybrand.xyz. And we're doing something completely revolutionary here that I've never seen done online or, or anywhere before. Uh, it's a mixture of an incubate, incubator, like a shark tank, and a consulting firm. But what we're going to do is we're actually partnering with new entrepreneurs who either have an idea for a product or even don't have an idea because we've got some ideas ourselves um, that we can plug in. But the point is we're looking for partners that we can plug into these businesses, uh, teach our systems to, and be there by your side to help you grow uh, and scale an e-commerce business yourself. Now, you're going to be the majority owner of this company. We're going to have an, a, a minority stake, but we're going to be your partner. And that's the reason so many businesses fail. It's because they don't have that partner by their side and they run into a problem, they get stuck and they quit. So mm -hmm. we're eliminating that and we'll be investing in these brands and we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll be there right by your side, holding your hand to ensure that your business is successful because we're not going to let it fail with our money into it, my money, my team. Uh, we're all going to be there to help you. That's kind of crazy, JJ. So you're saying that um, if the listener's got a great idea or just passion and don't yet have the idea, if they get in touch with you and get accepted, then they get you as a business partner and your team's infrastructure just to help accelerate their business in the same way you've accelerated your own. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. Yep. And, you know, some people may wonder why would I, you know, go and do this? Well, there's, there's definitely a selfish reason in it for me. And it's because, like I said, I want to build an empire of, of e-commerce brands. And I can only do that with the help of others, with partners. So, you know, it makes perfect sense for me to invest my time and my money uh, into other entrepreneurs that are passionate enough and have the drive. You know, I need partners who are willing to um, to realize they don't know everything. I We don't mm -hmm. need know-it-alls. Uh, people who want to 
step back and and learn that uh, they might not know everything, but they're willing to to follow a proven blueprint for success. That's it. As simple as that. If you're willing to follow that blue proven blueprint, we're here to help you and let's do this together. Let's build uh, you know, a successful brand together. Cool. And JJ, someone who's listening who wants to find out more, who wants to apply and get involved, um, how do they how do they get involved? They go to buildmybrand.xyz forward slash master plan. There you go. Guys, simple as that. Buildmybrand.xyz forward slash master plan. JJ, I'm sure you're going to get some very interesting responses, um, some very interesting ideas landing on your desk. And I, I'm slightly jealous I don't get to help you pick through it all because I think it's going to be a fascinating process. Oh, hey, but, um, I may be calling you for, <laughs> for some help on that. So I'm, some I'm excited, I'm excited to, to get all those interesting um requests. And I'm excited to work with your audience and hopefully develop some great long-term partnerships. Yeah, hopefully in six, 12 months time, we might be having some of them come back on the show to talk about how they've, you know, turned into successes. It's going to be cool. We'll be doing that. Well, look, JJ, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, both for, for sharing your fascinating um, project with us, which I'm so interested to see how it all goes, and also for kind of lifting the lid on one of the most challenging parts of e-commerce, which is working out that, that brand story. So it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me and keep up the great work over there. I love what you're doing. So there you have it, guys. If you've got a great idea or you're very early stage, or maybe you're just trying to get into e-commerce, then um, head to buildmybrand.xyz slash masterplan um, to find out a bit more about JJ's opportunity and how to get involved. Um, and how cool was that advice on story? Not only have you got that checklist, you've also got some great examples of both how, how you can use story in kind of a pain scenario with a pain product, a problem, a product that really solves a problem in the case of the guy of the service dogs example. But you've also got a completely frivolous example with the Moscow mule mugs. Nobody needs, fundamentally needs a copper mug in their lives. But, um, but JJ's been able to use story in that business to build such a powerful, uh, powerful performance too. So you can get all the notes from this quite long show today, including the top tips, links, um, this is related episodes and everything else. And that checklist, just head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And you will find a link to this show and there you can find all the information and everything we've been talking about. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, then please do give us some feedback via their review app. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.